Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Rod Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, and all that other crap. Uh, New England's own Van Helsink, and with me tonight is absolutely no one. Just me, myself, and I, the three of us, are going to do this whole show. Now, I don't think I've ever done a whole show by myself before, so I have absolutely no idea how this is going to turn out. And, and in all fairness, I could have called up a couple of my friends and just dragged them in. Uh, but you know what? I decided to face my demons and do it on my own. And is away at the beach getting burned to a crisp, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, Steve is up there. He, he definitely would help. And Mahler out in uh, California said she would. But, nah, do it on my own. So, anyways... You've got an hour of me ranting and raving about, I have no clue yet, but it will come to me. First thing I did want to talk about, though, is the Fionados. And I had mentioned that uh, on the morning show, on the Ghost Chronicles morning show. If you don't, if you don't watch that or listen to it, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's uh, done on the net New England Talks radio, and uh, there is a page, uh, Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition, and you can go on there and watch the show. I do it with uh, Lou Blasi, uh, who produces it, and uh, Roxy Zwicker and her husband, Ken. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, we just sit down and we chat. And we talk. Sometimes we have guests, but most of the time it's chat. We talk about unusual things, and uh, we usually have a ghost story and so forth. But uh, it's, it's kind of cool. And uh, check it out on Monday night, Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Or you just go onto the page and you can watch the videos or listen to the videos on demand. So that's Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition on Facebook. So here you go. So on this show, we talked about fire needles. And I had never really seen or heard them before, but I was uh, watching this documentary and they were talking about the outback and, uh, Australia, and just like 140 degrees in the outback, and uh, if you don't have your sunblock on, uh, you're in trouble. But anyways, they actually have spontaneous fires just from the heat alone, and what occurs is this thing called fire NATO. Now, if you haven't seen one, it's really, really cool, and I think we have them posted on the Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition page on Facebook. And it looks like something from Hollywood special effects. It's fire that actually, you know, like a thin band of fire, which is, you know, really amazing. I've seen the ones what, you know, like a almost tornado. They're, they're big. But these are like a, a, a singularity and they go up, it seems like, for miles. And it's, it's pretty amazing. Like I said, it looks like special effects. So anyways, I, I, I brought it up, brought it up on the morning show. And lo and behold, I was watching the news tonight, and what was on was a fire NATO in England. So I guess they're more 
common than I had thought, even though I had never seen her. And she goes to show you, you know, you, you think you know everything, you think you've seen everything, and something like that comes up. And it's also very synchronistic as well, because, you know, here I was talking about a Monday, and all of a sudden England gets a fionatal. But anyway, so that's my little story on fionatals. Check them out. They're really, really cool. Now, if you hear me sloshing at all, all right, because right now I have a big-ass cup of tea with me, and I'm going to take a slosher right now, right now. Oh, delicious. But anyways, uh, Steve, come over here. And, you know, the English are, no are notorious for their uh, tea. And uh, I always have these, usually twice a day. I usually have one in the afternoon, one in, in the evening. Uh, basically, it's a big-ass cup of tea. It's not like a regular cup. It's a, this huge thing. My father-in-law, whose birthday, by the way, was just uh, the 8th. Oh, wait a minute. What's today? Oh, it was his birthday today. Happy birthday, Dad. He would have been 102. He passed away uh, at his 100th birthday, a few months after his 100th birthday. And uh, he used to always call it my bucket. And that's kind of what it is. It looks like a bucket of tea. It's a, it's a huge thing, but I've been drinking that for years. And uh, blow Steve's mind, that's for sure. But, you know, anything I can do to blow Steve's mind is a plus as far as I can see. So anyways, um, I do want to say if you are in, oh, wow, we have questions coming in already. I'm sorry about that. Here I am ranting and raving. All right. So it's also Jeff Belanger's birthday. So I want to say, uh, you know, happy birthday, Jeff. But, you know, I thought you had a birthday last year. Is you going to make a habit of what? So anyway, happy birthday, Jeff. So we do have some questions from the chat room. And you can join me in the chat room, uh, either the Tojinet or the Pararex chat room and submit your questions and this is from john and he's it's actually three pots what about the new book what about red light sayads what about spirit cause what about upcoming adventures it's like all of that you know uh, i have been very very blessed with a, a pretty cool life it hasn't been an easy life but uh it's definitely blessed with it uh it's always been intriguing and i thank the lord every day i get up even though I might hurt and moan, uh, I do thank him. So first thing I'll talk about is the red light seance. Now, the red light seance, for those who don't know, is a, uh, uh, an event. A, it's called the red light, BZ Park red light seance circle, seance circle. And I don't really consider it an event. I consider it more of a study. Uh, basically, we have been doing this for over three years now. Yeah, way over. I guess we're going on to our fourth year. And every first Tuesday of the month, uh, we get together at uh, BZ Park and we hold this uh, seance circle. Uh, Leslie Martin joins me and we have a bunch of other people as well. Uh, we have quite a few regulars. And Jim Stone here from the New England Ghost Project uh, is also there. And he kind of monitors what's going on. And if we have any questions that come up that any spirit of information or anything, he can go on the internet and look it up and see uh, what would occur. Yesterday we put a, uh, a little snippet on my Facebook page. So you, you got to see what it is. Basically it's a bunch of people sitting around a table and we get various devices on the table and uh, we try to communicate with spirit. Uh, as the, the basically, it's 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 the old uh, spiritualist red light seance. It, it kind of patented off it, but 
a little bit twisted, of course, because of me. Uh, there are two types of mediumship, by the way. There's this physical mediumship and mental mediumship. Now, mental mediumship is what pretty much everybody knows. And that's when you go to a medium and she contacts your dead sisters, cousins, aunts, brothers, sister, and gives you a message from them. And the spirit is working through the medium. Now, physical mediumship is a little bit different. We ask the spirit to come into our realm and move things physically, uh, whether it be a table, objects on a table. We have a thing called the spirit light, which is basically a uh, battery with a toggle switch and a light bulb. So you turn the toggle switch on and the light goes on. You turn it off, it goes off. So we always put that on the, the table, and uh, we ask the spirit uh, if they would like to communicate via the spirit lamp, they can turn it on for us. Uh, we have other devices. We have um, bells uh, that they can ring. We have uh, different meters. Too. We have the, the uh, what do you call that thing, EDI meter on there, which gives us uh, several different uh you know, EMF temperature, and if they want to communicate through any other various things, they can do that as well. We also have a uh, plasma light inside a uh, pelican case away from the table that's uh, sound activated, so it's enclosed in this thing, and the spirit can uh, communicate through the plasma light as well. So we've got, you know, we're given a virtual purpuri of objects from the spirit to work with. And we, we've tried other, others as well, and we'll continue to try them. And it's called a red light seance because uh, a lot of the spiritualists believe that the uh, spirit likes red light and they try to communicate. Uh, it's more comfortable for them, and it's also supposed to be safer for the mediums. Excuse me, as well. So that's why it's a red light sand. So we get together. We've been doing this for over three years now. We tape every session. Uh, tape is a kind of an old world. Excuse me. We record every session. And uh, we also uh, audio record it as well so that we have document documentaries of, of what's going on. And through the years, we've had some uh, intriguing results. Uh, we've had a lot of different spirits come through, um, sometimes through Leslie, sometimes, uh, you know, because there is a little bit of mental mediumship. Sometimes she'll get impressions and, and convey it. But we try to make the spirit work through us through uh, physical mediumship. In other words, like moving the table, for instance, and giving us yes and no answers through the table and so forth. And as I said, these are all recorded uh by several cameras so that we keep an eye on it. And this is, you know, not new. You know, it, it goes way back. Uh, Thomas Gwendolyn Hamilton, who was a famous uh, Canadian doctor, uh, used to hold these regularly. And they would have sealed off rooms, which is pretty much what we have, and um, banks of cameras and, and so forth. And uh, they would conduct these seances, and he would record them. And uh, in fact, I believe the University of Manitoba, I think it, was, think it is, has his entire collection of his uh, works up there. And that includes, uh, you know, he had 
really famous uh, guests to these seances, like uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And eventually, this guy, whose name, of course, escapes me, as is a surprise to anyone who knows me, but uh, he eventually became the prime minister of Canada as well. So this was uh, serious research at the time. Uh, sip of tea here. Good stuff. Anyways, this was serious research. And uh, you look some of the pictures, though, and, and they look like they've been staged. I mean, it's like gauze and, and cut off faces almost, it seems like. And, it, but at the time it was believed to be serious research. And I don't know, it just kind of, it's, it's hard to understand. Uh, maybe it's because of the world we live in now, but uh, you know, I, I mean, I actually got to see some of the, the original prints that he had taken him. I had done a, uh, in fact, it's in my, my new book, and uh, More Ghost Chronicles, which I'll have to mention, too, since somebody asked. Uh, but after a fundraiser we did up in uh, Bitterford Pool, a, a gentleman came up to me and he said, uh, you, you know, have you ever heard of this guy, Thomas Golden Hammer? I said, yeah, he's a noted researcher. He says, well, my wife's, that was his her grandfather, and she has his original, a lot of his original pictures and would like, like to see him. And I said, oh, Absolutely. So uh, he went back to Canada and he came back a couple of weeks later and he brought the pictures and I was able to uh, photograph them and, uh, you know, make copies virtually uh, video, uh, what do you call it? digital copies of, of them all fronts and back. So that was, that was intriguing. So anyways, that's what my, my red light science is based on. And we'll talk about a little bit about some of the, more interesting cases that uh, are spirits that we believe came through. And of course, the most famous one, and this was uh, really kind of funny because uh, we believe that it's possible that Nancy Reagan had come through in the seance. Uh, we were able to get a description of her, uh, and she was on a horse, which was, I didn't even know she rode. But then afterwards I did, I realized that, yeah, she used to ride horses with uh, Ronald Reagan. And uh, we were able to find uh, photographs and the description we matched the horse that she was on, her, her attire that was in the photograph and everything. So, you know, something like that is an intriguing result. The other thing I mentioned, the spirit light. And one time we had a first time visitor from, from the UK who came in and uh, took part in the seance. And he made contact, we believe, with uh, his science teacher from high school. And we were trying to get the science teacher to communicate using this, the physical stuff. Once again, we try not to we try to get away from the mental mental mediumship, although it's still a part of it. Uh, all members of the group can get messages and so forth. So we, we accept that. But um, anyways, it, through physical mediumship, we were able to get the name of the high school. And then we asked the science teacher to see if she could do something with some of the objects on the table, whether they could light the light or ring the bell or something. And just as we said that, the light, the spirit lamp on the table lit. And then we asked it, uh, 
to turn it off. And eventually uh, we did. It shut off. So that was the only time that the spirit lamp had really uh, lit up. I have other um, devices that I'll be working into the, the seance as well, is including a uh, telegraph keys that was used by the spiritualists in the UK. Thanks to Steve Parson, he brought me it. So uh, I'm planning on integrating that in to the seances as well. So these are pretty much what's going on with our seances. Uh, if you have a chance and you'd like to uh, join us, you can. We only we limit the participation no more than a dozen people, and you have to register at uh, Circles of Wisdom, uh, who is moving by the end of way by the way at the end of August to their new location, which will be very close to the radio station. So, anyways, uh, if you're interested, you can always register with them, uh, and I post them on my website every first Tuesday of the month, uh, to if you're interested. So, anyway. That's that. So I touched on the red light seance. Now, the new book, I did mention the new book, More Ghost Chronicles. It is coming out, I believe, on October 1st. And we're really excited about this is Maureen Wood. And my third book, uh, Ghost Chronicles, was the original Ghost a Day, which is a fun book. Uh, it was our second book. And More Ghost Chronicles is our third book. And it, and it really continues where the first book, Ghost Chronicles, left off. And the first book talked about 17 of our cases, including, actually, I have a book here, so I can take a peruse, peruse at it. Just give you some. It's the Winder Restaurants, Restaurant, for one. We do uh, a couple there. Old Hill Burial Ground, that was another investigation that was uh, in there as well. Uh, the Lizzie Borden House. Um, and, of course, the famous house that went to pot which is uh, quite a, you know, it's been around the world, basically. Uh, they did a video piece, The Conquered Colonial, Colonial End. Uh, my adventures with Jeff Belanger when we went to investigate a pole dancing studio, uh, Wood Island Lighthouse, The Stone House. Uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, the Hooten Mansion. Uh, most people don't realize, you know, because they, they talk about the Hooten Mansion and so many people have investigated. But we were actually the, the first one to investigate. It. And it talks about the first uh, investigation there. And there are others as well, including Tortilla Flats and uh, what else we got here? Yeah, this is Philip Knight House, which was uh, the, the house of one of the witches of Salem, Mass., so that's Ghost Chronicles. Check it out. Oh, exorcism, too. When we went on on the next uh, church sanctioned exorcism, easy for you to say, uh, with the Catholic Church. And uh, it describes uh, what went on there. And that was in Boston. So that was our first book. The second book continues uh, with that one left off and includes um, Portsmouth Tower Lighthouse. It includes Attack of the Puckwudgies, which was uh, on the Discovery Channel and Destination America. I think Monsters in America was the, the one it was on. Uh, it also, oh, God, there's so many that's in there. There's the, oh, the Reverend's Revenge, uh, which is a good one, uh, where we actually 
Yeah, it's, 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 there's some really intriguing stories in there. So check that out when it comes out. More Ghost Chronicles written by Maureen and myself. And the book is written, by the way, it's, it's not like a narrative. It's like you're really there. Uh, the font changes from Maureen to myself. And uh, you hear our, what we say, our thoughts, our actions. And you, you get to know us a lot better. Uh, because we recorded it, I mean, the book, just as it happened. So uh, what you get is nothing, nothing's made up. It's all real, and that's the way and who we are. So anyway, oh, another cup of tea here, another sip of tea. Sorry about that. When I was, uh, my son was really young. I don't forget how old he was then, but he was a little lad. And uh, I used to watch Doctor Who. So uh, I always had my cup of tea again, and he would like to emulate me. So um, I would give him a little bit of watered-down tea in his little Muppet cup, and he would take the tea and drink it and always do a little. So that's a story you didn't know about Ron. So he's going to hate me for that, but that's what it is. So anyways, that was the, uh, the new book and another thing about tea, which has nothing to do with anything. So anyways, uh, spirit quest, that's the next thing that was in that question. And what is spirit quest? Spirit quest is a, a uh, it's not a paracorn. I, I like to think of it as more of an experience, uh, paranormal experience as we call it. Although there are guest speakers and, and so forth. Uh, we've been holding it for six years. Uh, we've had, you know, quite a few. Uh, I always bring someone over from the UK. Steve Parson has been working with me, oh, I guess, for the last four or five years on this thing. Uh, but we've had uh, people like uh, Cal Cooper, who's a parapsychologist, uh, writ written telephone calls from the, the dead, who is his famous book, but he's got, got a couple of other ones. Ones that are always doing some research right now into the um, deparation chamber where you're, you're kind of like floating in water and so forth. But, well, it's another story. Um, we've had him on the international show before, and we will have him on again. So, anyways, uh, yeah, Cal Cooper's been there. We had uh, David Wells has come over, and we've had uh, Karen O'Keefe, a lot of those people from Most Haunted, Richard Felix, and Anyway, so Spirit Quest, as I mentioned, it was a sixth year, and we usually do a theme. Uh, and this year is In Search Of, which is uh, just what it says. It's, it's a takeoff on the old Leonard Nimoy series, uh, In Search Of. However, there's also the new In Search Of, which is out now, which is Zach, the guy Zach, who plays Spock in the new Star Trek. So they continued having Spock on there one way or the other. And one of the episodes, in fact, uh, my good friend Steve Parson was in, and uh, him and his uh, co-founder of Parascience, and they did a thing on time slips, time slips, which is intriguing. So if you have a chance to catch that, I think it is on Friday nights. It's uh, with channel not sure of the channel, unfortunately, but it is in search of. So check it out. Uh, I think you'll find it intriguing. If you're like me, uh, I'm still watching the old ones. My son comes over every week and 
Uh, we usually sit down and watch at least uh, one or two episodes of the old In Search of series. And uh, so check it out. So that takes care of Spiracos. Oh, no, it doesn't really, because Spiracos is, uh, I didn't give you the dates, it's uh, 28th, 29th, and 30th. Uh, it is open to the public. We do have speakers. We have uh, a bunch of people. Jeff Belandra, for instance, from The Ghost Adventures and Who Haunts the Lighthouse and a dozen books and Ghost Village and yada, yada. Uh, legends, New England legends and, and all that will be there. And he'll be speaking in search of uh, New England legends. Also over from the UK will be uh, my good friend. Uh, since I've never met him, I don't know why I call him my good friend. But it seems like it, he's just one of those guys you're very comfortable with. He is Dylan Jones, and he runs uh, the uh, Great British Ghost Tour, which is a, a paranormal site uh, on the Internet. Check it out. And he'll be doing In Search of New England, uh, England's Most Haunted Castles. Uh, we, uh, we have Ken DaCosta from uh, Rise Up Paranormal. He'll be doing In Search of Bigfoot. Uh, which is different. We have a couple of guys from uh, MUFON or MUFON or whatever it is uh, talking about UFOs. Uh, we have Derek Gunn, who will be doing a, uh, a piece on In Search of Ancient America. And he talks about uh, some of the mysteries in, of uh, early America. And let's see who else we got in that little mess there. Oh, Thomas D'Agostino will be doing In Search of Abandoned Villages. Uh, that's all on Saturday. And then it ends at Saturday night with a In Search of Fear, which is a specially uh, designed ghost hunt. And let me see if I can dig up the information on where is this thing on this. So i can tell you more about it but that's on saturday night friday night we will have a dinner uh it's usually dress up which means we have a theme and you dress up accordingly and we have uh, prizes for our best costume and everything else and this year it's in search of pirates so we go in and look at uh some of the cool pirate stories and uh we also have a special presentation of I guess we'll be right back. Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache. I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? 
then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with me, Ron Kolick, and nobody else. So basically, before the uh, break, I was talking a little bit about uh, Spirit Quest, which is coming out September 28th, 29th, and 30th, which you can get tickets at anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. So Friday night, we do have a dinner, and it'll be costume, and we also have a presentation on pirates and pirate trivia and dress up, of course, and a live teller of curious tales from uh, the international show. So, but on Saturday night, after the presentations, we will have uh, in search of fear and that will be, uh, where are you? Okay. In search of fear. Here we go. William James, who had an interest in spiritualism, famously wrote that ghosts do not cause us to feel fear. Rather, it is the experience of fear that summons ghosts to us. So we're going to put that theory to the test Saturday night. Uh, Steve Parson, Jeff Belanger, myself, and uh, you can go on a, a ghost hunt at the VZ Estate, which is haunted, by the way. Uh, the Boston Globe did a nice piece of on it years ago when I did my uh, uh, paranormal CSI classes there. So uh, check that out. And uh, that it will be on, um, what was that? Yeah, Saturday night. So Sunday night we have interesting. Uh, right now the schedule includes In Search of Dream Interpretation, In Search of the Missing Epitaph by my co-host, The Blonde Bombshell. She'll be... It'll be kind of like a, a psychometry thing where you'll be getting uh, epitaphs and you have to fill in how the person died. And so that's going to be interesting. And then my good friend, Laura Worcester, uh, a great medium, will be getting in search of messages from beyond. She'll be doing a gallery uh, where she will contact spirits of those uh, present. So that'd be kind of cool. And then uh, Steve Parson will be with back with time slips. And my good friend Leslie Martin will be doing quantum spoon building. Okay, now this is really, really cool. Uh, you know, Eric Gurry, you remember him bending spoons and everything else? Well, this guy, Gene Ang, uh, 
he had these classes at Circles of Wisdom on quantum spoonbed, you know, and I've always been intrigued by it. So I bit the bullet and took one of these classes and I went and I sat there and I said, there was a, the, the place always sells out. It really does. And we were given these flocks. I believe there was five or six of these big, heavy ass flocks and they were heavy. And so I was sitting in the back room, just kind of taking it all in. And, but, you know, I've got to try it and see, was well, this going to work or what's the deal on it? So I followed his instructions and lo and behold, uh, it worked. You were able to bend these heavy spoon, I mean, heavy flocks, bend times, uh, match them. There were like five different methods of doing it. And it, it was intriguing. You know, I honestly, God, I went there almost positive. I could not bend anything. And then bang, bang, bang. I was able to do, do them all. So I think only one person in the class wasn't able to do it. And I think it was just one of those persons that like, oh, I can't do nothing. Whatever. So anyways, so that's all about spirit. Of course, let me kill that and shut that screen down. All right. There you go. Okay. So let me just go back, check the chat room, see if we have any more questions. Nope, we don't. Okay. That's good. So anyways, uh, we've got a bunch of things coming up in the fall. We'll be doing, Maureen and myself will be doing a lot of uh, radio interviews and also book signings. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Go to the website, indiegosproject.com. And I'll be returning to my alumni, Northern Essex Community College, and uh, doing a book signing presentation there as well. So uh, I'm psyched about that. Uh, the interesting story about Northern Essex is, is I went there when I graduated from high school, and I kind of just like pottied out there and got into academic probation and everything else first semester, second semester. I just like flunked out. So like I was really upset with myself and cause you know, failure is really not an option. So, um, I enrolled in night school and I took a bunch of classes in night school and did very well in them and reapplied. And in the third semester, they, uh, accepted me. I took an overload of classes trying to, um, graduate on time. And I ended up a few credits short, so I had to go a third year. So I went a third year. And the interesting thing about that is that's when I met my wife. If I had not funked out that first year, I'd never met my wife. And we've been married, St. Jan and I, have for over 45 years. So it's interesting how sometimes things work out for the best. And it even got better because after that third year, I applied to a uh, four-year college, and I had taken so many, so many classes that uh, they accepted virtually all of them, or most of the credits, and um, I took a, a ton of uh, classes on there, extra classes and so forth, independent studies and everything else, and one year, I graduated from a four-year college with a 4.0 grade in environmental science, which was my major. So all the sciences, I, I graduated with a 4.0. So uh, it's funny how your life can turn around. You 
you you're at one way you think you're really screwed up and, and i did there's no doubt about it um but I, I i loved the independence that first year and i pied a lot and had a lot of good times but unfortunately i had to pay the price so i smartened up as my parents would say and uh it all turned out good i eventually went on to work on the space program and started my own business and the rest is history as they say so uh, when you first met her, yes, that's, uh, oh, what's glass was gin? Oh, I have another, another, uh, question from the, uh, chat room. Uh, what class is Janet taking in school and when did you first meet her? And that, that's the funny part. That's how I met her was she took, uh, sociology and I took sociology and I was in the class one day. This is kind of a funny story actually. And, uh, she came in and put her books on a desk, and she, then she went out, and a couple of guys came in, and I guess they wanted to sit together, and so they took her books and moved them somewhere else. So she came back in, found her books and moved, and threw the guy out of the chair and sat in her her uh, the desk that she originally picked. The guys didn't know what to do. That was the funniest thing. And uh, after that, uh, we, we kind of met in the hall because uh, we were in, a, in the same class, and I uh, joined the chess club. I actually became president and uh, did first board, uh, played first board for the chess club. And she actually went and joined the, the chess club to be uh, near me. And uh, finally, uh, I did ask her out. And it was just before uh, Christmas break. And I asked her just before Christmas break. And then I waited to almost the end of Christmas break to actually physically ask her out for, for a date. And I told her I would call her before Christmas break. So uh, we went out and then we went out every weekend after that until we got married. So there you go. That's the story of how I met Jen. Thanks for asking. And since then, she's put up to me. So anyways, there's a lot of cool stuff in the world. And... I wanted to talk about a couple of them that I, I thought was interesting. Uh, now, I don't know if uh, you probably have. You probably have all heard about the um, Golden Fleece in, in uh, the UK. And when um, Richard Felix was here, he talked about it many times about the Roman soldiers that were seen in the basement walking uh, on their knees as it appeared. And then when they did further research, they realized that it used to be a Roman road there and it had been filled in for so many times. So the height of them would have been about where the road was. So in other words, it looked like they were walking around the knees, but basically they were below it. So there's a lot of stories, but I want to mention some of the, the ghosts, a full night of good spirits at the golden fleece. Above the pub is an inn. The guests can spend the night encountering various spirits. Look for a gruesome blue tinted face and inebriated, which means drunk, World War II airman who fell to his death from a window. He's one of them. Or listen for the confused whimpering of a little boy who appears in Victorian clothing in the late 1800s. He was crushed to death by a cot that had backed up to the pub door 
for a late delivery of ale. Goes back to drinking again. He's often seen around the front room of the pub and is even uh, known to pick pockets. A little street urchin, I guess. If you encounter ghosts wearing a noose, I guess they get them all, that spirit has escaped from the pub's basement. After being executed, corpses were sometimes stored in the cellar of the Golden Fleece. But in many cases, the bodies were never claimed and may have been buried in the basement. Perhaps they're wandering the Golden Fleece, hoping that someone might recognize them and give them a proper burial. You know, what's intriguing is uh, we always hear a lot of stories about ghosts in the cellar and so forth. But it actually makes sense because, especially in New England, uh, if you died in the wintertime, they couldn't, uh, you know, bury you because the ground was frozen. So what they used to do is they used to store you in the basement. <laughs> store it in the basement. Okay. So that kind of makes sense that, you know, maybe if you see ghosts in the basement, it's got something to do with that. Uh, most often, overnight guests of the Golden Fleece hear music and loud laughter coming from downstairs. When they investigate the noise, they discovered uh, that they thought they heard, uh, they discovered that the pub was closed. The lights are off and the downstairs rooms are empty, unless, of course, you count the ghosts. Just remember, if you see a Roman soldier who is uh, walking on his knee, nothing terrible happened to his leg. He's haunting from the time when the streets of York were several feet lower than they are now. The level ground is where the ghosts, that's the level where the ghost feet are seen. So, see, they just verified what I told you. I don't even know why I said that, but that's what it is. Ghosts are so cool because we know so much about them and so little about them. There are so many, many reports of ghosts through the centuries. I mean, in my book, Ghosts Today, we go all the way back to the first ghost hunter back in uh, Greece. And, uh, you know, we have ghost stories in that same book. We have ghost stories from our troops fighting in Afghanistan. Uh, there's ghost stories from the Mount Everest. There's ghost stories from Antarctica. There's ghost stories from under the sea. There's ghost stories everywhere. So there's got to be something to them what they are exactly and, and why they we see them and why some people don't see them. And it, it, that's the intriguing thing about them. That's why I do what I do. I, I want to find out more and try to understand it. But it's it's such a, a difficult thing. Uh, I was talking uh, to uh, Steve yesterday, in fact, on the international show, and, we, and I said, well, cryptozoology of all the paranormal modalities is – is the you know the the most one I think that you can actually prove something. You might find the body of uh, Nessie or or some sea serpent or or a chip of wobbler or, or a, a swamp devil or something or else. I mean, there's there's a chance or Bigfoot. Uh, there's a chance that that might be found if they exist. Uh, whereas the chances of really finding proof that ghosts exist is becoming more difficult. And, and a lot of that has to do with that technology. Uh, before we just had the eyewitnesses, we, you know, you didn't fake ghost things, but now it's so easily faked. Anybody can do anything. And we're using all kinds of 
freaking pieces of equipment that, you know, broken radios and, and loosened flashlights and and mocked up uh, PlayStation things and, and everything else. It, it's it's just like, is that what we're really going to be proof? If any any of that stuff works, okay, the flashlight's going on and off, so I'm communicating with the spirit. You know what? Of all of the equipment, I mean, why why do you really – the best piece of equipment is yourself. You know, though that's what's been reported all the years. They didn't have all these equipment back when ghosts were seen. But here we are using equipment and, and trying to prove something that perhaps is unprovable. Um, you know, I, I did a investigation at uh, Wood Island Lighthouse, and it's in the first book, Ghost Chronicles. And uh, we had a Boston Globe reporter with us, and he did an article on it. But they also did a cartoon on it, which was I thought was pretty cool. But anyways – it basically shows the lighthouse and it shows all the ghosts coming out of the lighthouse. And it shows me there talking to the reporter and the reporter says, did you get any, any verifications of ghosts? And I said, no, I got a little bit on my meter, but I really didn't get anything too strong. And I love that cartoon cartoon for the, the primary reason that we get so wrapped up in the tech, we miss what's going on. And that's basically what that cartoon is saying. It's saying like, oh, I didn't get any readings. So, I mean, or just a little readings. I know there's nothing there. And yet all these ghosts are shooting out from all over the lighthouse. So, you know what? Ditch the, ditch the gear and rely on your own. Uh, as Steve always said, a pencil, pencil and paper is your best reliability. Although, I mean, there, there are some things that uh, you don't need broken stuff or, or messed up stuff to try to get ghosts. I mean, you can... You know, use a camera, uh, you know, take a picture, uh, use a recorder, uh, just record things, but don't don't manipulate stuff. That's the problem. The more we manipulate it, the, the less uh, true evidence there is. It's just what we get. I mean, you take a look at an accountant, an accountant can take numbers and make them do whatever he wants. So once you get into recordings and you start to reverse them and, and playing them backwards and and uh you know it, it just it, you can keep manipulating until you get what you want and that that's the difficult of it difficult part of it if you have more people that are actually visually citing things and, and at least recording them record the time it happens record if you want to record the temperature and stuff like that humidity that's all important stuff um but do the the regular Physical stuff, you know, none of this fancy stuff, but the regular uh, physical stuff that we measure our physical world with. Those are the way, where things are going to show up, not in this realm that we make up with broken machines and loosened light bulbs and whatever. So, anyways, that's my little story from the uh, uh, soapbox. But uh, I, I agree with that. And, and I love equipment, don't get me wrong. I have tons and tons of equipment and every piece of crap ass equipment that doesn't really work or is not sound scientifically then uh i have them because they're cool um but and also i get to to look at them and study them and say okay could this possibly work does this possibly work uh you know what's the principle behind it blah 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 so i own all that crap but anyway it's fun. 
no doubt about it. If you're doing it for fun, then hey, knock yourself out. Use whatever you want. Uh, but that's it. I'm going to get off of that because I'm going to get in trouble again, as I usually do. So anyways, uh, let me see what we're doing. Oh, we're doing all right. Uh, I think that's the first time I looked at the clock t today. That's pretty cool. Uh, I thought this would be difficult because, you know, it was really funny when I realized I was going to do the show by myself. I, I remember Pam Martin. Pam Martin used to have a show on before me, uh, before this show, actually, on Tojinet. And she used to talk for an hour, an hour, just herself on uh, finance and financial planning. And I don't know how she did. I was like so amazed at her. She was it, so anyways, and I said, if I can't do this on Ghost, and anyway, so I faced my demons and I did it. Anyways, uh, another question. Uh, Ron, if you decide to go to the UK, let your fans know in advance uh, time if there isn't any adventure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to the UK. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I have too many friends over there that, that are trying to get me over there. And um, it, most of you know I don't travel well, so uh, that's the only reason I haven't gone. But uh, my goal is to go over there shortly, Ireland, Scotland, and uh, Wales. I think that's what the goal is going to be. Um, we shall see. I'm not sure when or how or whatever, but uh, uh, like I said, I have just way too many friends up there that keep bugging me to go, and uh, they come over here, so it's it's only fair that I should go over there. And besides, Jen wants to see it as well, and um, you know they'll they'll arrange a lot of things for me too, which is great because uh, it'll be by people who live there and and know the area and understand what's going on. So I'm looking forward to it. But John, uh, not sure when I'm going and, but I will let people know. I usually do on my Facebook page. And if you don't follow me on Facebook, join me at ronaldkolick.com. No, that's my website, ronaldkolick.com or anyghostproject.com, one or the other. But uh, Ronald Kolick on Facebook is my page. You can uh, join me there and uh, usually accept anybody. Um, you can also follow us on all our Facebook pages, which is Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, and Ghost Chronicles International. I also have a cool site called Grave Intentions that uh, looks at all kinds of strange, macabre things regarding graveyards and gravestones and so forth. That's a, a very popular site. Uh, you can that's on Facebook as well. It's called Grave Intentions. So anyways, last night we did put a, uh, a little teaser on from the uh, uh, Red Light Seance. And uh, actually, Jim made a mistake and put it on my page. But I, I was intrigued. The funny part about it is it went on like for a, just a few seconds. And we already had like a, a bunch of people saying, oh, like, like, like us. Wow. And, and I had a laugh and it was one person. Was, I can't hear the audio. And I looked at her. And it was this woman from Scotland. Now, that was like two o'clock in the morning. Why are you on Facebook? And why are you following me at two o'clock in the morning? There's got to be something better to do. But anyways, Facebook's a lot of fun. So there you go. All right. So we've got to talk about a couple of other things. And oh, we've got to give you a joke. This is this is. 
I eat at a German-Chinese restaurant, and the food is delicious. The only problem is, an hour later, you're hungry for power. Get it? Hungry for power, German, Chinese. Dick Cabot said that. Don't blame me. All right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I've always had one something similar to that. I always said I had this one like uh, people will talk about their nationalities, and I'm saying, well, I'm half Jewish and half Arab. I hate myself. <laughs> All right, move on. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. I think that was Marla telling me that. So anyways, uh, I've got a story we are running. Uh, okay, we do have time for it. Uh, Flight of a Fancy, the peace symbol. It's like a dove's foot, man far out, actually a bird footprint that many people see as a symbol of peace is merely a coincidence. So anyways, give peace a chance. English designer Harold Holton, Gerald Holton, created the symbol in 1958. We're talking about the uh, the peace symbol uh, dove uh, for the campaign for nuclear disarmament, the CND, a British anti-nuclear movement. Holton based his design on signs from, oh, there it is, pizza from the dead. From signs from a simamore, a code that involves a signaler's position of two flags that represent letters. The singapore, originally used by the British Navy to communicate distances, to rep represent nuclear disarmament, the designer combined the semaphore for the characters N, V, D. Uh, Holson, uh, so that's how the symbol came up. You know, we're talking about that that thing that has a line down and two things that go, you know, it's in the middle of the round piece thing. So that's where it comes from. But you didn't know that. So anyways, we got to go. That's the time, and I have to go. But uh, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with me, and I thank you for joining me if you're still here. If you're not, well, you're smarter than I am. So – Thank you very much, and join me next week when Ann Kerrigan uh, will be back as the blonde bombshell. I uh, don't know what kind of shape she's been on vacation for two weeks, so she'll either be in a good mood or a bad mood. I'm not quite sure, but like all women I know, it's, it's always an adventure. But till then, whoop, uh, till then, uh, Tune in on Monday mornings to Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition or on Facebook, or you can find it on the net, New England Talks, or also our Facebook page, uh, Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition. And Tuesdays at 3 p.m., 3 p.m., yeah, you can join me and Steve Parsons for Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. And to, I guess that's it. And then Wednesday, of course. Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. So there's the tunes, and I want to thank you all for listening and staying with me, I guess. So till then, good night and God bless. Peace out.
from goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law. LinkedIn.